This is The Guardian. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Ian here. The Science Weekly team are having a summer break, so we've picked a few of our favourite episodes from the year to revisit. Today is another one of mine on the new science of ageing and whether billions of dollars from Silicon Valley can help us live to 200 I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode. What's the point in having billions if you don't have enough time to spend it? Every day, 100,000 people die of biological aging. No one so far has escaped this enemy, but we're working on advances to actually make that a reality. Some of the richest people on the planet do seem to be very interested in anti-aging research. And I'm not talking about vampire facials, chemical peels, or anti-wrinkle serums. I know you've thought a lot about the extension of human life, and you think that you may live to 120. I certainly hope to, yes. I'm investing a lot of biotechnology. I think you actually will need new technology, new innovation, for us to really have um, both longer and healthier lives. In Silicon Valley, a number of billionaire-backed startups are hoping to get to the heart of the biology of ageing. What happens inside our bodies when we get old? And is there a way to interfere with, or as they might put it, hack, these processes? These aren't new questions, of course, but the arrival of another company on the scene has raised fresh hopes of making progress. We first told you of whispers of a Jeff Bezos-backed longevity company called Altos Labs in September of 2021. Now the cat is officially out of the bag and the secretive company is secret no more. With $3 billion in the bank and a dream team of scientists already signed up, Altos Labs aims to rejuvenate human cells. Not to make people immortal, as some have claimed, but to stave off the diseases of old age that drive us to the grave. And this company is recruiting some of the biggest names in the field of longevity by promising unlimited blue sky research. Now, this is really exciting. So, with a little help from super rich funders, will 100 become the new 50? And do we even want that? 
From The Guardian, I'm Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly. Janet Lord is a professor in the Institute of Inflammation and Aging at the University of Birmingham. I'm interested to get your view on this. A lot of people in Silicon Valley seem very keen on trying to solve aging or hack it. But putting that aside for a second, why is it so important to understand the biology of aging? Why are so many scientific researchers keen to look into this? So the issue essentially is for um, the last two centuries, people have been living longer. So lifespan has been increasing at approximately two years per decade. If you think that another way a child born today is going to live five hours more than one born yesterday. Now, that's great news. But when you actually look at how long they spend in good health, and we call that health span, that hasn't kept pace. So we feel that trying to understand the aging process will allow us to slow it down and ensure that we actually spend more of our lifespan in good health. Before we get into how we might slow aging or stop aging, it's probably important to understand what exactly is aging. What are some of the sort of key biological processes that are going on that we collectively then call aging? We didn't really understand this until approximately 10 years ago when scientists really got together and looked at what they knew from the animal data and the human data. And we call them the hallmarks of ageing. Currently, there are nine of them. There are probably more yet to be discovered. But essentially, if you think of them as a series of reactions, they're all triggered by damage. So it could be some damage to your DNA. It could be some damage to proteins in your cells and that damage not being removed as we get older. The body then responds to that, so the damaged cells become stressed. Some of them will die, but others will stay around and they'll enter a state called senescence. And these senescent cells themselves don't just sit there being old and doing nothing. They're highly pro-inflammatory, so they release inflammatory hormones called cytokines. They release also things called proteases, which damage the tissue around them. And worst of all, they can actually interact with non-senescent cells nearby and induce them to become old and senescent as well. We've already covered how the reportedly Jeff Bezos-backed biotech company Altos Labs just exited stealth mode to announce $3 billion in funding and a team full of Nobel Prize winners and pioneers from academia and business. So what are some of the ways that researchers have been looking at to try and slow down or even stop these processes? Maybe we can start with reprogramming cells, which I know is one of the sort of main thrusts of research that this new Altos Lab startup is going to be looking at. Mm. So this involves taking um, a cell that's already got a particular function. So it might be a muscle cell. And you might find that the muscle tissue is not being replaced. So what they do is essentially manage to revert these back to a stem cell that's got lots of options. And then they can put this into the tissue and regenerate the tissue. The slight problem with that is a lot of the evidence so far suggests that actually it's the environment of the body that is one of the big problems. I've often said before, if you're trying to get your really old rusty car functioning better, it's no good putting a new engine in if the gearbox is about to break. One of the other ideas that 
a lot of researchers in this field are looking at is this idea of flushing these senescent cells from the body. These are the cells which have basically gone into some sort of sort of zombie state in the body. What is the hope for that kind of approach, do you think? I think the hope is a lot stronger there because that field is more advanced. So we've known for years that these cells, these senescent cells, zombie cells, as you call them, build up in the body, but it was all associative data. Until 2011, when a group in the US genetically engineered a mouse that every time its senescent cells developed, they then killed themselves by apoptosis. So you got rid of all the senescent cells in the body. And these mice, they lived longer, but importantly, they were healthier. So pretty well all age-related diseases occurred much later and to a lesser extent. So they had a longer health span. And this field has gone on now to develop drugs that uh, can kill senescent cells. They're called senolytics. And they've given these to animals and shown that they can reduce osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, and even dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And we know there are a handful of early stage human trials into these kinds of treatments too. But aren't there some risks with killing off senescent cells? Yes, you're quite right. So nothing in biology um, develops if it's entirely bad or rarely does. And senescent cells are important for protecting against cancers, but also they're important for wound healing. Um, So if you remove senescent cells, wounds take a lot longer to close. So we would never want to get rid of them altogether. The idea is to just not have so many. And another way of doing this might be to try and get the immune system to work better because normally your immune system is what removes them. But as you get older, your immune system doesn't work as well. And so some of our research is actually trying to get these immune cells to recognize and kill the senescent cells much more efficiently than they do at the moment. As you've described, there are so many different ways that biology is contributing to ageing. I'm wondering if we're actually going to have to hit many of those different mechanisms at once rather than have sort of one anti-ageing therapy that deals with ageing as an entirety. I think at the moment, uh, if we're honest, you know, of those nine hallmarks of ageing, I think none of us know which is the best one to go for. Would there be a single one? But I'll come at you with another one that, that there might be something that actually can do lots of things, and that's by keeping physically active. So you may not need a drug. If we can keep physically active, that is such a good intervention that actually may be able to tackle several aspects of ageing. So how might exercise help more broadly? We began to latch on to this almost 10 years ago now when we were just interested in, well, just how much of ageing is caused by human beings becoming increasingly physically inactive as we get older. So what we did was we took 125 cyclists and they've been cycling most of their adult lives and they kept good records of what they've done. And basically we got them to come into the lab and you name it, we measured it. Brain function, blood flow, heart function, lung function. And we took muscle biopsies and blood samples to look at their immune systems. And what we found in these older adults, and they were age 55 to 79, that actually a lot of things that we thought about as that's just normal aging didn't happen in them. So no loss of muscle, very little loss of bone. Some of the um, hormone changes weren't as marked. But what really shocked me was that there a lot of the aspects of their immune system, they looked like 20-year-olds. I always say if exercise was a pill, we'd all be taking it. 
So while Silicon Valley and scientists like yourselves try to figure it all out, it sounds like keeping active is our best hope of staying young for now. Finally, Janet, I suspect being in the field you're in, um, you must have given this whole question some thought. And if you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm keen to know if, if, if you could live to be older than is possible now, how old would you go? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so first of all, I know there's all these claims in the, in the newspapers sometimes that you could live to be 200. Well, there's no evidence of that. The oldest lived human being lived to 122. She was called Jean-Louise Calmont. And she had every gene needed to live to an old age. And she still only got to 122. In fact, she's the only person to have lived over 120. So I believe that, you know, that probably the maximum lifespan that most people could achieve might be sort of 110, 115 and no more. And personally, if I could stay in good health, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting to be a centenarian, but I don't think I'd want to leave massively longer than that. Janet, huge thanks for joining us and explaining all of this and taking us through. It's fascinating research and we'd love to have you back on when the next, uh, next breakthrough comes along. Yeah, happy to. Thanks again to Janet Lord. You can find a link to my piece on Altos Labs and anti-aging research on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Madeline Finley, the sound design was by Solomon King, and the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith, wherever you get your podcasts.